0: Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Hello, and welcome to... The Modern Woodworkers Association, I'm pausing there to think of a number and I have no idea what number it is. We're here on the floor at Fine Woodworking Live and we're going to record this episode prior to the show start. So we're going to talk about what we're excited about and what we see going on here and hopefully we'll get some thoughts on the uh, on the showcase and we'll have more to come back with afterwards. So right now, I'd like to just kind of go around the table and everybody introduce themselves. I'm Diami with M- Modern Woodworkers Association.
1: Mike Powers, turning
2: sawdust into groceries. Uh, Wilbur Pan with the uh, giant Cypress blog.
3: You
4: know, those old-fashioned blogs?
3: I've heard of them. Uh,
4: Matthew Morse, M.M. M. Wood
0: Studio.
3: And uh, I'm Doug Plotke. I'm D'Ami's dad.
0: Woohoo! Something, Something good comes out of being related to me. Um, all right, so since we're just here at the beginning of the show, and there's not all that much to talk about with the show yet, let's start as we normally do with what people are working on. So I'm going to continue to go around the table... Uh, clockwise because we haven't declared bull moose, bull moose rules yet. So, Mike, what are you working on?
1: Right now I'm working on adding some, I guess you'd call them embellishments or a little extra detail to my uh, coffee table build-off coffee table that I built however many years ago that coffee table build-off mm-hmm. was. My award-winning coffee table, <laughs> Ooh, the best yeah, to to yeah second place and whatever. Um, anyway, uh, I didn't really like the transition between the sides and the breadboard ends, so I'm adding some uh, rosewood. What would you call those, Matt? The little the little keys that go from the breadboard to the Oh,
4: you're talking about the ebony ones we were talking about yeah, earlier. Yeah. Um,
1: What's the technical term for those?
4: <laughs> Aren't those called splines? Yeah, spline, yeah, yeah they're splines, splines yeah. but it's, it's like a step spline, but yeah, yes.
1: Yeah, I'm adding step splines to the transition between those, and I had a, uh, a mid-century, uh, 1950s mid-century rosewood uh, chair that I bought at a thrift store for 10 bucks with the beautiful uh, 1950s rosewood, mm-hmm. which I needed a little work, so I just disassembled it, and now I have a whole bunch of rosewood, so I'm using that for inlays, and it's turning out pretty okay. good. I'm. I, I,
0: what, what kind of wood is the table made out of?
1: It's uh figured walnut. Uh, okay. I made a stupid name for it. Uh, it was like a patchwork quilt or something like that, and basically the top... And the breadboard ends were all the scraps left over from this 12,000 square foot house that we did uh, that was all walnut, but it couldn't have any figure in it. So anytime there was two or three feet of figure on the end of a board, we had to cut it off. Uh, So I ended up with a huge amount of, you know, short little walnut curly, you know,
0: scraps. So that's where that came from. All right, Wilbur, what are you working on these days?
2: Um, so uh, re- I haven't had a whole lot of time to uh, be very productive in the shop recently. you turning your butt off. Yeah, well, that, that that's the thing I was able to do. Um, I had to make some gifts uh, you know, for a bunch of friends. So I made two bowls and um, a bunch of pens um, the nice thing about it is that uh, about the, those projects is I tried out a new turning finish that um, that I hadn't tried before. Um, it, it's basically uh, walnut oil, uh, okay. but the um, uh, uh, but the other trick is that um, you know, uh, I, I usually sand up to 400 grit, and for the last step, instead of just applying the oil after after all the sanding and buffing it out, is I put the oil on the sandpaper and sanded it, uh, so it simultaneously um, did the last. A bit of sanding got the oil into the wood and the slurry that the sawdust builds actually burnishes it to, um, uh, to some degree. It turned out really nice.
0: That sounds really interesting. So you're sanding pre-finished, you're sanding up to 400 and then that last bit of sanding is done with wet paper where the paper has been wet with right. the walnut oil. Okay. Right. You're not sanding after the oil application. No, oil no. It's the last dry. Sanding. Right.
2: Yeah. And then, and then, uh, and then I just use a towel to get any excess off and then, um, uh, and, and then apply some wax, uh, to it. So.
0: What kind of tone does the walnut oil add? Is it, uh, I'm picturing it being dark because walnut is. No, no,
2: actually, surprisingly, walnut oil is just clear. Okay. Um, it may, it may be a little bit yellowish, but, uh, there's no real, uh, real color to it. And it does to, um, the wood what any other oil would uh, do. It, you know, you know gives us some uh, darkness, some color, really makes the uh, grain come out if there's any, uh, grain figure that, that would be there.
0: Well, that's great i saw the yeah. bowls they had little um hollows in them oh yeah uh,
2: yeah um uh yeah the, uh, the the wood came from a tree that uh, was in my neighbor's yard that came down in a windstorm and so i uh, um i had asked him to just save me some chunks and i would do something uh, with them so i already had made a bowl out of one of the chunks and gave it and gave it to him a while ago uh, but these were uh, leftover chunks from uh, from that um uh, uh from that time and because they had been sitting around for a while uh, one of them had a, a uh, number of insect holes in it, mm-hmm. and the other one um had a bunch of checks that had uh just come up when uh the uh, uh when, when the blank was losing moisture
0: but I think um, they gave it a yeah. lot of character
2: yeah 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 uh, yeah. So yeah. Thanks. Um, there, there, there's an old saying in wood turning that um, if you have a perfect bowl, then you have a lovely utilitarian object. But if you have defects and checks and insect holes and uh, stuff like that in it, then it's art, and you can charge fifty dollars more for it.
0: Only 50. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Matthew, what are you working on?
4: Um, not. I just finished uh, the Nakashima side table project for the school, so that's done. And in conjunction with that, I just finished editing. And now I have the plans I'm finishing up for it to get that posted to the school. So that's really it. I've not been in the shop. I've just been editing and working in SketchUp. Have,
0: now, I'm saying a new shop. You're in the house now a year and a half, something like that? So uh will
4: be great. a year this coming oh, June.
0: Okay. So is your shop finally all set up?
4: Yeah. Yeah, we're pretty good. Everything's set up. Maybe a cabinet or two I like to build, but that's just
0: extras. Okay. Okay. And Doug, what are you working on?
3: Um, I am... Doing more architectural work. I have a a, a new room I built, so I'm going to do a deep tray, coffered ceiling, and um, um, just a, a, a an idea that my carpenter gave me, which is going to be a lifesaver. Is once we framed it out, we basically went in and uh, covered the entire ceiling with three quarter inch plywood, and then sheetrocked it. So then, when we're working out our design, we're not limited to attachment at, at framing. It's no matter where it lays out, we're going to be able to, to secure it. And um, the other element I'm adding is I'm doing a a freeze tray around the side of it with all LED lights. So in the inside of the base, instead of it being wood or, or just sheet painted, I'm going to do f- um, fabric, uh, insulation with fabric on it. And I'm experimenting with fabric that has... Um, uh, uh, gold fibers and stuff that has some reflectivity. So um, so it'll be woodworking and LED lights and fabrics. So it'll be kind of an interesting mix.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see that when you finish it. Um, all right, so I don't have squat going on in the shop. Listeners will know that my – uh, entertainment center is continuing to drag on and it takes up my whole shop and quite frankly over the past few weeks most of what i've done in my spare time has been prepping for this conference as opposed to uh doing woodworking so uh I, we have new stickers and um and a mic flag but that doesn't really help anybody who's listening so with that uh let me start with wilbur and matthew since you guys have been to the conference before um what are your expectations for this year having looked at the, the seminar classes what are you looking forward to
2: well, um, well, my expectation is that it's going to be a lot of fun um, because, you know, hanging out at a woodworking thing all weekend long is always going to be a lot of fun. Um, uh, in, in terms of classes, I'm still trying to sort out what um, I want to go see, but um, I do want to see Terry Masashi's uh, finishing Did you uh, catch session. it last year? I didn't catch oh, it last year. Oh, she was fantastic yeah, last year. Yeah, so that's one of the reasons why I wanted. to – yeah, you know, I want to make sure I don't miss it this time around. And, uh, Peter Galbert is one of those guys, uh, that I could, he, he could talk on anything and it would probably, be, uh, probably be great. I remember first seeing him at, uh, Woodworking America and, um, uh, there, there's some people that just know how to teach and he clearly is, is one of them. He has a way of being able to uh explain uh concepts that uh you may think are really complicated in a manner that's very accessible and easy to understand um how how to get the results that he's uh that he's getting. So um uh, so I'm looking f- forward to his class and also he's the doing the keynote at the um uh, dinner uh, on Saturday night. That should be nice. Mm-hmm. Yep.
4: How about you Matt? Well, I guess I have a slightly different perspective. I'm here of a booth so I like to be able to at least pay for the booth somehow <laughs> by selling like, uh, uh, memberships to the school and classes and whatnot. But um, outside of that, because uh, I do get to jump into some of the classes if I'm lucky enough. And I really want to go check out Steve Lada's uh, class on the, he's got a whole thing on inlay and starbursts and whatnot. So I've always enjoyed listening to him and his articles and, Various videos
0: and for fine woodworking. Did you jump into his inlay class at all last year? Yes. Um, he, it's amazing what he does with that stuff and how well he knows the inlay. Yeah, it's, it's, it,
4: he, he cuts that
0: and it's like watching
4: a uh, hot knife go through butter where um, he just knows what he's doing and he does it right. And so it's very inspirational that way.
0: Excellent. Well, for, for you two virgins to the show, um, what, what do you guys, looking forward to
1: i think i'm looking forward to much of the same thing uh connecting with other woodworkers having a good time and uh i've already picked up a couple of things even secondhand uh just looking at tools oh you know vic teslin said he uses this for this and i did not listen to him i didn't even hear it straight from him (laughs) but i already learned you know that Obviously, I need to buy another Veritas tool, and uh, it'll help me out. So yeah. I, I, I think it, your work would finally be up to snuff yeah, if you yeah. have more Veritas tools. exactly. So that's what I've learned so far. <laughs>
3: How about you? Well, um, I, I come from the school of more stuff is better, um, so I'll be looking at – what new stuff i can get have you bought a lathe yet um uh, i was just looking at the Rikons and that looked kind of interesting so i'm going to but i need to find out more information about it so i'm i'm thinking about a mid-size lathe so um and uh w- w- one of the thing i i i want to comment on is it's just the it's just the tone of everybody here it's kind of like this soft comfortable space that it's all these like-minded people and it's so it's it's just kind of just a nice space to be in with be around these 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 people so uh i think that's beyond what you're going to walk away with in woodworking it, you know it's just it's going to be a nice couple of days
0: that, that's that's absolutely right that's that echoes what i've always said is it's about the experience of hanging out with the people for the whole weekend and the classes are great and the, everything about the conference is is fine but it's really hanging out with the people for the weekend that that makes all the difference. Um, now, Wilbur, is there a particular class you're looking to take since I see you eyeing the schedule?
2: I'm only on the schedule because, um, I haven't thought that far ahead.
0: That but puts you ahead it, of me because I haven't even looked at the schedule yet. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But, but it's really the class that I had mentioned before, uh, Terry Masachi's class and, uh, Peter Galbert's class, um, that, that have really caught my eye here.
0: All right. Well, um, I've talked to Wilbur about this and we've talked to Mike about this. So I'm going to put you two on the spot. Uh, Matt, how did you um, get into this craft and what do, you, what do you do for your woodworking? We've never had you on a full episode. So talk to us about you know what Matthew Morse does with wood.
4: Sure. Well, I guess the first question was how did I get into it? So I bought a condo and I decided I wanted to remodel it. And I remodeled the condo and I had a lot of fun doing that. And I woke up one morning and said, boy, I want to make furniture. And next thing you know, I rented a commercial space. and
0: uh, You went right to a commercial space?
4: Well, I'm in a condo. What am I going to do? I don't know. I, I would have built the
0: kitchen personally. <laughs> well, all
4: right. It doesn't necessarily work for the HOA. And um, so I got a commercial space and I picked a project and I bought the tools I needed as I moved through the project. And that was, I don't know, 12, 13 some odd years ago. And what do I do now? So I, and I built after that, I got the crazy idea I could sell this stuff. And so I sold for a while. Um, and then I got tired of selling the same thing over and over again to the same type of people. And I said, well, this is my supposed to be my fun thing and let's do something different. So that's when I started recording myself showing up on YouTube and Instagram and all those social media stuff with the classes. And so I have an online school and. That's what um, I do
0: now. When you were when you were making the furniture as the product, as opposed to the the uh, the media as the product, yes. Um, were you just making the same pieces over and over again and selling them? Were you doing commissions for people? What determined what you were making?
4: So I'd run an ad in some specific types of magazines, um, and people who would read those magazines, them or their personal assistants, would call me and say, "I want to buy this thing I saw a picture of." or I want to buy two of them or whatever it is. And I end up making those things.
0: Did that ever lead into custom pieces or it was basically you were showing an offering to a clientele who would, who was into that and they would simply pick from what you were offering. So I was,
4: yeah, it's a good question. No, it was mainly that I would run an ad in the back of, so the mat, was, I ran an ad in Robert Port magazine. Um, so that people would read those type that, that type of magazine, it's, I'm, Yes, they said I want that and I want two of them and I like it by next week. And I'd be like, "Okay, well, maybe 2 months from now, how about that?" And then we'd resolve a price and then we'd go from there.
0: Okay. And now are you making are you making just what you want or is your is the products you make guided by what you think people who take your classes will be interested in or are they really the same thing?
4: They're probably not the same thing or I'd be selling more. <laughs> So um I'm
0: making what I wanna
4: make for myself and things that I was interested in exploring. Um I'm pretty much at the point where I'm done exploring other people's stuff and I've got designs and whatnot from my things that are be coming into the school over the next couple of years.
0: Okay. Now being familiar with most of your classes are in the vein of green and green. Um half of them. Yeah. And but the other stuff is still I would say not radically different, not specifically green and green, but at least personally, I see kind of see that influence in most of what um, you've done. Maybe I'm missing a, a piece or two, but
4: a lot sure. of it is. Well, yeah, yes, you yes, there's a lot
0: of stuff yeah. that is. I at also least. have a whole set of Nakashima inspired in my. Your yes, you do, and I'm certainly not contradicting that. But in my head, that's along the same vein. But I guess whether I consider Nakashima properly or not is not really the question. Um, in the direction you're going to go with your own pieces. Will you kind of ca- continue those themes you've been doing so far? There's a certain language to the pieces you've done so no. far, or are you are going to change direction entirely? So where are you going to go?
4: We're going to step out. Um, I've got sketches, and it's going to be more modern type of – like if you look at a modern chair, a chair doesn't have to have um, – the, the size don't need to be in line the, or connecting necessarily an angled joinery the way they are now. So maybe something more – in the vein of like a Tim Timothy Rousseau's chairs, mm-hmm. like those types of modern chairs. So I want to do some pieces in that vein okay. for um, the setting ro- the sitting room in our master bedroom.
0: If that makes okay any sense. So it's it's ultimately motivated by a need for furniture.
4: Yes, yeah, so I've got this giant this house that has empty spaces, and I'm going to build furniture, and I refuse to purchase the furniture. So.
0: And that I congratulate you on that, and I hope you can keep that through the continuing years of your new marriage. Um, yes, we have made
4: um, how do you want to say this um, compromises. Yeah. <laughs> so we bought a bed for the bedroom, and the bedrooms. So all the, the rest of the furniture I will get to make. So uh, the wife got the bed she wanted, and I'll do the rest of it. Good for you.
0: yes. How about you, Doug? What do you What do you make in the shop?
3: Okay, my my start of woodworking was um at twelve <laughs> when by default my father who had zero ability and my mother who needed stuff done. Um at twelve I started for birthdays and Christmas I started getting tools so that, and projects to do. Um professionally I'm a contractor, so um so what I I started hands on, but now I'm more managerial. So I've now morphed to basically more of a, um, a hobbyist weekend warrior kind of woodworker. Um, I'm not a furniture. I have not built a single piece of furniture. I'm more I I'm more architectural cabinetry, built-in um, those those kind of pieces uh, is my more of my interest in what I've all the work I've done and um, wainscot, you know, walls and coffered ceilings and, you know, elaborate details for moldings for doors and stuff. So that's more of my interest um, as opposed to – my envy is the – quite honestly, it's the work I do doesn't. I, you don't have to be as skilled as the people that are making furniture. It's, it's a lot tougher to make furniture where it's got to land perfect. Um, th- you got a little bit of give on, uh, the stuff I do. So it's, it's not as, it, it, it allows you to, uh, not have the skill, but still have something that comes out really good and you're satisfied. Um, the things that I've looked to try to, uh, foray into that. Um, it's been a challenge. And when you look at it, yeah. We put that time and energy and and not have the outcome that you're really happy with um i'm I'm envious of of the guys who hang in there and spend years to develop it and and they've now blossomed to these you know really great craftsmen, so I'm not that guy yet. Just
0: <laughs> stay at it <laughs> all right um well, before we wrap this up um I don't know, what what should we talk about before we wrap up? I wanted to talk about the expectations and we've we've done that, but I want to kind of dovetail this into a discussion after we've done all these things. So uh, I would ask everybody to look at the classes and not that like, you wouldn't pay attention if I didn't ask you to, but <laughs> pay attention to the, the people you're seeing and let's talk about how this goes afterwards and we can really talk about what a conference it is. And I'll just say that So far, this seems to be set up identical to last year's conference, and I say that as a good thing. Last year's conference was successful, and I don't think you need to reinvent the wheel. Um, I think they've got a good formula down, and I'm certainly looking forward to it. So we'll talk to everybody during the show.
2: didn't do your taxes you know call this number if you don't want to go to jail
0: i don't want to go to jail
2: yeah